Ah, oh, shit, future boys. If you're listening to this, then welcome to our first extra credit episode of the School for Wayward Nerds. A bonus crash course to go along with our standard Ed Game Thursday episode. Uh, this extra credit you are jamming into your waxy little ears is about the publication history of Shazam, the original Captain Marvel. Uh, you do not need to listen to this to enjoy our normal Billy Batson episode, but it's here to help. Personally, I love comic book history, and Shazam is just engulfed in quite a bit. I'm your host, Toby Apollo, and joining me for extra credit, we have our lovely producer, Kirsty. Howdy! If you want to hear howdy, us doing howdy, these howdy. bonus episodes more, um, let us know on Facebook, School for Wayward Nerds on there, and at wayward underscore nerds on Twitter. As always, do all the iTunes rate, review, subscribe stuff, and do whatever it is that Podbean does. Um, Alright, are you ready to talk some turkey? I thought we were talking about Captain Marvel. Gobble gobble, bitch. It's 1939. Alright, that's where we're Setting starting. Setting the scene. Yep. I feel you. Yep. NSYNC is not for a few more years. Oh. Yep. yep, so it's 1939. Um, the comic book company known at the time as National Comics are doing gangbusters with their characters Superman and Batman. Um, the golden age of comics has sort of started to roll and Fawcett Productions decides to start a comic book division. They hire a fellow named Bill Parker to kick things off. And in his... And... Uh, yeah, what he does is um, he invents something that's never been seen before. A, uh, a league. Or a team. Mm-hmm. Um, he called the comic book Flash Comics. It featured Ibis the Invisible. Spy Smasher. Green... Oh, sorry. Golden Arrow. Lance O'Cassi, Dan Dare, and someone named Scoop Smith. I like him personally. Sounds yeah. like an ice cream man. Um, and what brought these folks together was they all had been granted power by mythical gods. Um, executive director of Fawcett Comics, Ralph da- uh, Day, thought to avoid the cluttered story, he wanted to combine all of them into one man and embody all six of the powers. Uh, Bill... Parker came back with Captain Thunder. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he mixed them all together and made a Captain Thunder. Okay. Um, artist Charles C.C. Beck came in to design the story. Uh, he was just... He has this classic sort of cartoony-looking art that I think you'd recognise if you saw it. It's like a mix between Max Flash's Superman and Popeye. Hmm. It's got that... It's got that old cartoony face. Okay. Um, now with the story ready to go, Fawcett dips its toe in the water with Flash Comics Issue 1 and Thrill Comics Issue 1. It was another name they printed it as. They put it out twice. Yeah, no. In the fall of 1939. Um, there's nothing really to it. It's kind of just like a previews book to advertise their new comic line. Um. So Free Comic Book Day, the original. Yeah. All those big preview books you see the comic store, but just for one company. Now, this is a fun moment. They realise after its release that Captain Thunder, Flash Comics, and Thrill Comics are all copywritten names. Maybe you should have Checked. researched that beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So they renamed the book Wiz Comics, issue two being the first issue with that name and being the first appearance of Captain Marvel. Why didn't we just, we just restart it? Wiz one. Yeah. They made some... <laughs> Strange decisions here. Yeah. 
Um, this issue showed us young Billy Batson getting a job in radio. Um, and it also featured his arch enemy, Dr. Savannah, who I love. Um, he's the epitome of dork scientist. I do like that, like, comic book people have this clear idea of our character needs a job, but it needs to be a job that A, doesn't get in the way of what they're doing, mm-hmm. but B, gives them the ability to access, like, information about stuff without having to actually, like, snoop. Yeah. So, like, you've got Flash works with the police, so he gets, like, the first call up of, hey, something's weird's gone on. Nightwing Superman. became a beat cop in Bloodhaven for a long time as well. Mm-hmm. Superman obviously works with the newspaper. They're going to get the first, like, media call-out. And like, it Peter just... Parker, who's just a photographer. Mm. Billy Batson works mm. for the radio. Yeah, between Clark, Peter, and Billy, you could just have a fucking news company But, that, right but that's there. what I'm saying. Like, they were like, we need them to be able to, like, police scan a radio without being illegal. Yeah. Let's just make it happen. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the first issue, oh, well, Wiz 2, sorry. Yeah. Uh, it cleaned up 500,000 issues. Wow. For the record, in its original print, Action Comics sold 200,000. Yeah. Less than half of Shazam. Um, a few sources chalk this up to the wish fulfillment aspect. Um, Superman being one man with, you know, from another planet coming here and just being better than everyone whereas mm-hmm. Shazam could be any little boy this is true mm-hmm. unfortunately being a smaller comic book company um, with such a big hit and such a entrance to the scene it also puts a big fucking target on Fawcett and Comics is back yeah. So in 1941, the company now known as DC tries to sue for likeness of their Superman character. Yeah. Um, the case went on for 10 fucking years before going in Fawcett's favour. Something to do with the neglect of copyright on the Superman newspaper comic strip. Oh. They did something wrong there, which pretty much allowed Shazam to exist. Good work, DC. Um, Um, I'm, I'm not a lawyer here, but what, whatever happened with the copyright, I know Fawcett got away from this battle, but unfortunately not the war. Well, so, with some enlightenment, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I know exactly what happened, but um, everything originally was copyrighted differently, yep. and it only had, like, we still have statute of limitation, but so long as it um, like the copyright hadn't been touched, it became public domain. So what DC would have done was left, um, like they would have been okay within the comic books, but the statute of limitation on the strip ran out. I think that's sort of what happened, yeah. Which means that so long as they could say Billy Batson was based after the comic strip and not the comic book it's free domain yeah um because copywriting in that didn't change until until Mickey Mouse wanted to keep its money Disney came through yeah um a year later DC um finally cleared up its newspaper fuck up 
And they tried to sue again. Okay. All right, we're back. Um, Fawcett Comics decided to settle out of court, seeing, you know, just watching their only sort of loophole get taken away from them. Um, but that wasn't the only problem Fawcett was in the middle of at the time. We were we're approaching the death rattle of the golden age of comics here. Um, all these comic books rose to amazing hits and inspired both soldiers and children across America and the globe during World War II. Um, but the war's over now. Heroes are no longer needed. Um, we're watching titles drop left and right, uh, being replaced by, like, romance, horror, and sci-fi books. Mm-hmm. Um, the sci-fi ending up being spawned in the Silver Age later with, like, Flash and the space version of Greenland and Spider-Man and Hulk and all that. Um, nothing was reaching the dizzying heights of Captain America, Superman, and Captain Marvel at the time. Barely able to stay in business at all. Yeah. Um, so we're also f- four more years from Seduction of the Innocent, which killed almost every comic book company left standing after the fall of the Golden Age. Um, the exceptions, obviously, are Marvel and DC. However, um, both of which were very close to being just turned to fucking dust in those days, too. The dark days. Mm. I mean, Marvel has barely, barely been out of that recently. Michael Jackson almost bought Marvel. DC's almost bought Marvel. At one point, Marvel almost bought DC. It's, Disney Boy Marvel. Yeah, they ended up doing that. <laughs> they should have done it in the 80s when it was like a buck. Um, so in 1953, Fawcett Comics paid DC the $400,000 in damages for the Superman ship. Hmm. With today's inflation, we are talking over $3 million. And not by a little bit. That's It's a lot over $3 million. Which is still pretty cheap comparatively. Still a lot. He's not that similar to Superman, really. This is true. He's just a big dude with black hair. Really, there's not that much else. He can fly. I suppose. Hmm. He's not fighting a guy named Rex Ruther or something, you know? He doesn't have a big S on his chest. It's a big lightning bolt. If anything, his costume's a ripoff of the Flashes without the hat. Hmm. Yep, with that, Fawcett closed its comic book division and gave up the fight. Captain Marvel issue 150 being the final issue of November that year. Nice rounded number. So it's... I bet it's a sad issue. Most likely, <laughs> but it is a nice round number. Yeah. Um, so with that, we are now taking a plane over to Britain for a spot of tea, crumpets, and black and white reprints of American comics. Yeah, boy. One of the titles Alan Miller and Sons were reprinting was the popular Captain Marvel series. Um, but suddenly issues just stopped coming. Oh. Weird. Oh. Hmm. The, the character in his comic was, you know, out of business and gone. At this point, um, this is where Marvel Man is created. Writer Nick Angelo thinly veiled a version of Captain Marvel Jr., all grown up for British readers. Mm. Almost an antithesis for a Nightwing. Like the young sidekick grown up at this point. It's sort of the only way they could continue the series, but also in a way they've done a Winter Soldier or a Nightwing before that was even an idea. Cool. Hmm. Um, Marvel Man ended in 1963, but was revived by a man you should already know named Alan Moore. I know the name. He's the dude who looks like a warlock. He writes oh, everything. Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns. He's, he is one of the main 80s bringing comics back into the spotlight people. Okay, so write that name down. Mm. Oh, well, he grew up reading Marvel Man. And that's the thing, a lot of, like, 
recent comic writers and that grew up reading the originals. Yeah. Or at least Golden Silver Age. So once he sort of had a name for himself, he brought the series back in 1985 under the new title of Miracle Man. Because at this point, Alice Comics had changed its name to Marvel, and the name was kind of a problem. Hmm, I wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> and in 2009, Marvel bought the comic rights to this anyway. So to summarise, Shazam ends. A knockoff is made in Britain to please the fans there. Its reboot is very well known and famous because of Alan Moore, and that version is probably Marvel. Right, so we jump back from this 2009 revelation to the Silver Age of Comics. In 1966, a company named MF Enterprises, presumably standing for Motherfucker, released a title called Captain Marvel, mm. an android who splits into pieces kind of like a Megazord but backwards. Uh, yeah. Yep. He has a ward named Billy Baxton. Mm. Mm. And it looks like shit. I had a bit of a research dig around. It's just a dude who can, like, throw his arms off. I see. Mm. If you wanted to, like, slap a dude across the face from across the room, you just pop off the shoulder and just throw, like, a boomerang. I, I was more thinking, you know, turn on the kettle from the couch. Look, but it sucks. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's not a very good book. His arch enemy is also clearly Batman. Oh. Although I'll show you some pictures off here. Um, Google it as well if you want. MF Enterprises Captain Marvel is pretty much all you need. Um, Marvel said absolutely fucking not, mate. And they were shut down five issues in. Ah. Yes. The following year, Marvel began their Captain Marvel. Um, in order to keep the name under their trademark after all the Captain Marvel stuff previously, they have had to put out some Captain Marvel title every two years. Um, kind of like how Fox has to release a bad Fantastic Four movie every few years to keep the rights. Um, this is why there are so many one-shots, limited series, and comic runs using the name. I'm pretty sure Marvel has been in over 700 comics. Um, and Carol Danvers is over a thousand. But how many of those are as Captain Marvel, or as Miss Marvel, or as Mockingbird, or as other shit? I don't know. Mm. I don't have a specific number there. But they've appeared in a lot of stuff to keep these rights. Um... So the first Captain Marvel was created by Stan Lee and Gene Colan in Marvel Superheroes issue 12 of December 1967. Um, he's an alien military officer of the Kree militia sent to observe Earth as we develop space travel. Yeah, so point, point we're starting to go point. into space. Aliens are like, oh, here they come. We better make sure they don't suck us. Um, eventually he gets sus on his bosses and ends up siding with Earth, protecting it from all sorts of evil shit. And I'm sure we'll be seeing a shitload of that in the, uh, coming year. Because of the Captain Marvel movie coming out. Um, in 1972, DC Comics is looking for new properties to add to its line. And, and DC publisher Carmine Infantino decided to license the Fawcett Comics characters and bring them into DC. Hmm. So DC finally won. Well, they won already. They're just... Uh, Using it now? They are looting the corpse Skyrim style at this point. Okay. Now, Marvel has been reprinting the character of Captain Marvel since 1967, so DC called this book Shazam, the original Captain Marvel. Oh, ouch. That hurts. <laughs> DC, no, please, stop. I ouch. Like, I do like they could have just left it as Shazam, but they just kick a little middle finger action into the back half. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, Marvel didn't like that, so after a bit of cease and assist letters, uh, DC changed it to Shazam, Earth's Mightiest Mortal. But, you know, there's a good 14 issues of them just just flipping off Marvel there. Ouch. Um, issue 1 contained new stories and reprints of the classic run. Danny O'Neill wrote some of the new stuff, while Charles C.C. Beck returning to do the art. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he was still, around. like, even doing art at that point. Yeah. Um, it was made canon during the Crisis on Infinite Earths, adding a Earth S hmm. into the hundreds of others that already exist. Yeah, Earth One, Earth Two, the one where they're Nazis, wherever the fuck Red Sun is. Yeah. And now Shazam has his own one too. He's just hanging out. Hmm. Um, throughout the eighties, Shazam was mostly used as a backup story in the end of other issues, uh, like Legion of Superheroes, Adventure Comics, you know, showing up here and there, not really finding. A place necessarily. Um, it wasn't until 1994 he was really utilised. Um, Jerry Ordway made the painted graphic novel that would eventually spawn an ongoing series, The Power of Shazam. Revised to the origin, but kept every earlier DC appearance valid, like finding a way to fit everything together. Um, and the series came that, that came out of this novel lasted from 1995 till 1999 bringing all the Marvel family and the villains back for the readers. So it's not just Sam anymore. Marvel Jr., Mary Marvel, all the villains, everyone's back. Family's back. Mm. Family reunion! And the rogues gallery. Everyone's sort of finally set into DC properly. Marvel reunion! Yeah. Um, And then what brought Captain Marvel to my personal attention was the critically acclaimed award-winning 1966 Elseworlds story, Mark Wade and Alex Ross's Kingdom Come. Uh, Billy Batson was a major part of that comic, and I think it really solidified him as a DC heavy hitter. Having him face Superman and really fuck the guy up. Yeah. It sort of puts him on the map and... It gives him, like, an actual base. Mm. And it also shows what a, like, a good person he is by the end of it. Yeah. I don't want to go too into it, because obviously we're going to cover that thing fucking cover to cover. At some point. Mm. But, yeah, the all the Shazam stuff in there is wonderful. It's sort of... It's when I said, Who, who's this dude? And sort of, sort of did catch up from there. And that's where we leave Billy Batson for now. Um, feel free to listen to our actual Shazam episode now, or if you listen to that first, I hope this has added some extra information you didn't think you needed and probably don't. Um, ladies and future boys, it has been educational. As I said at the start, if you want more extra credit episodes like this, um, let us know. This has been the School of Wild Nerds. I am Toby DePaula, here with Kai Sting. I am here. And another class is dismissed. <laughs>